Up next, right here on Spreaker, it's your boy, the governor of Minnesota. Sports talk, that is. The big, smooth Vince Wright coming to you live with Sports Done Right. Keep it locked. It's about time you got it right. Up next, it's your boy, the big, smooth Vince Wright, broadcasting live from the sports-tacular governor's mansion, the governor of sports talk, that is, and he's got your ticket to all the latest sports-related news, events, and hot topics. Are you ready to get it right? Sports done right. Up next. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Vince Wright, Sports Gov from Minnesota, coming to you. Two minutes, two seconds, like old Chuck Woolery used to say. We'll be right Be right back.
snow cats ready and get over here. Right now? You're darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. What's going on, everybody? Sports done right. Live and direct yet again from the Gov's palatial sports mansion here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. Chilling, literally chilling up here. Uh, got the Gophers on. They started off so good at Michigan tonight. The fifth-ranked Wolverines really starting to put it on them now. 55-47 with about four minutes and 50 seconds left. Make that 57-47. Come on, Gophers. Damn. Anyway, man, sports done right. Vince Wright, sports governor coming to you. We're going to be getting into some Big Ten basketball. We got the one and only Kevin Gray joining us tonight. That's right. Kevin Gray, the one and only, is coming through tonight. Want to say what up to our Spreaker.com chat room. D Greatest from South Central is joining us tonight, along with the one and only HB Rap. What up, fellas? Yeah. In our chat room, HB says uh, he's from Chicago. He's scared of Minnesota. Hey, man, I'm from Chicago originally as well, west side. But, yeah, Minnesota's a whole different beast in the winter. And now we were having such a mild winter up here too, bro. Man, (laughs) it's gone south real quick, and it's going to stay cold for a while, it's looking like. So that's no good. That's no good. Uh, Other than that, like I said, we're going to get into some Big Ten hoops. We're going to run down some college basketball for you tonight. A lot of games going off. Uh, South Carolina, Auburn, Kansas State, Texas Tech. We already talked about our beloved Minnesota Gophers here trying to mount some type of comeback against the fifth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Kentucky and Mississippi State's a good one going on. Kentucky's up 64-53, just under four and a half minutes there. What up to the ever-popular Big Mike out of Eden Prairie, Minnesota? What up with you, badass? The one and the only is that Stacy North Hudson, Wisconsin. Again, the Western Wisconsin coming over to Sports Done Right for their fair and balanced sports taste. Let's say that. Anyway, HB Rap, we already welcome Shelly B, the one and only, joining us in the Spreaker.com chat room as well. So we got a few minutes. We got a little late start here. Some technical issues. Kevin Gray is going to be calling in on the Gov's red line here in about 15 minutes. I'm going to go through everything. Uh, talking NFL. Also the NFL PA. That's right. They had their own little football game out at the Rose Bowl where they're taking a look at uh, incoming talent and whatnot. So we're going to talk about that. It's called the Collegiate Bowl. Kevin went out to, to Los Angeles. He spent about a week out there. All kinds of great interviews and whatnot. So CT, Clutch Talk Sports Radio. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, um, at CT Sports Radio, and uh, Facebook as well. So looking forward to Kevin Gray tonight. What else do we got going on? We have another 
diss of Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Yes, no go. No go on the Hall of Fame vote for those two. Mariano Rivera taking the unanimous votes 100%. Uh, Yeah, shocking, I know. But he's going in. Roy Halladay's going in. Um, uh, who uh, who else was going in? Was Edgar Martinez is going in, and Mike Mussina's going in. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's very interesting to see how long these folks are going to be held out. You know, say what you want about Bonds. For me, he was a Hall of Famer when he was with Pittsburgh. And uh, Roger Clemens, you know, I think before he probably started booting the juice, was probably a Hall of Fame uh, guy as well. But, yeah, man, they're going to make them wait. They're going to make them wait a long time, possibly. So we will see. Um, I think, and I was looking for the numbers here. Bear with me again. Vince Wright, your sports governor here in the great state of Minnesota. Because I think Roger and Barry... Okay, here we go here. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Now you need 75% of the vote to get in. Kurt Schilling. Nope. 60.9% for him. Roger Clemens got 59.5% of the vote. And Barry Bonds got 59.1% of the vote. Um, Yeah, man. (laughs) They're going to make these brothers wait. So, um, so like I said, congratulations to those that got in um, to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Obviously, we had some very interesting football games. We're just waiting for Kevin. We're going to save all our NFL talk for Kevin here. Uh, Kevin has a lot of great takes. He has a lot of uh, good perspective, and I, I love having him on our show. So I think you'll really appreciate that. And let's see here. I want to say what up to Miss Ronnie joining us. What up, Ronnie? How you doing? Thank you for popping in on my show, Sports Done Right. Um, After I get done tonight, I'm going to be heading on over to Tasty Talk, checking out Mandelion and Girly Girl. And like I say, you draw them shades. Make sure the kids are put to bed because that show is all about the adults and what we like to do when them kids go to bed. So... You know what I'm saying. Um, so anyway, uh, what else we got going on here? We're going to get talk a little bit about our Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, in the NBA in general, LeBron trying to get back with the Lakers. Um, our Timberwolves here in a little bit of a funk. And, you know, the thing is with the Timberwolves, you got D. Rose playing out of his mind. Hey, Rainey. Or Ronnie, excuse me. Um you got Wiggins, though. I mean, here we go again with Andrew Wiggins. Ain't happening, man. He just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for a guy that's maxed out, a max player, max salary, and gives you this type of effort. Now, look, I get we can all have bad shooting nights and all this stuff. I mean, I get that. But, geez, man, the Wolves are three games out. Um, Let's see. Maybe it's two games um, behind the Lakers. I was trying to get numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep, Lakers eight. So Wolves, you know, only a couple games behind. But the thing is with the Timberwolves, man, is what you just don't get that vibe that they can go on an extended run. Of, you know, put together a real decent winning streak to, you know, make up some some ground. So the the Timberwolves got a very, very interesting stretch of games coming up here. 
over the next week. And they got to be prepared because nothing's getting easier. The Lakers, you know, showed you what they're doing when LeBron is healthy. And now LeBron's going to be coming back. And, you know, I just, ew, it's it's crazy, man. So let's uh, take a look here. I've got the monitors popping up again. want to say... Uh, what up, Nico Green in the house? Big Nico, my main man, the hockey uh, czar extraordinaire, man. What's going on, brother? What's going on with my Blackhawks, man? Do we trade one of the big two? Do we get rid of Kane? Do we get rid of Taze? Let the people know, Nico Green. And make sure you follow Nico Green. He's one of my partners over at IE Sports Radio. Oh, and by the way, Ringside is back. Yeah, um, we're doing the boxing show again. So, Got that. I got the North Star Sports Podcast coming up. Uh, we record that tomorrow. Uh, all the the Minnesota uh, sports, everything covered in depth with me, Maddie G, Justin Ekstrom. Little drop from that show. Vince Wright is your Minnesota sports governor. Stand up and salute. Do that. All right. So here's what we got. Now, let's see here. Uh, Wolves got Phoenix, actually, tonight. Got the Lakers on Thursday. The Jazz, Friday, so we got a back-to-back. Sunday, at home against the Jazz. Then they have, uh, who do we got? Memphis, and, of course, the Golden, or no, excuse me, the Denver Nuggets coming through. So, yeah, next few games is is a... A very key stretch for this team, and we're going to see what happens with them, man, because I'm not impressed with Wiggins for all this money that we're paying them. It's just ridiculous. Nico Green in our Spreaker.com chat room says, yeah, need a big move to shake things up in Chicago. Yeah, I think that, and also not really sold on that new coach down there, but... Um, I'll digress, Nico. Thanks for joining us again, Nico Green. He is the hockey show uh, host over at IE Sports Radio. Just search his name and follow him on Spreaker as well. All right, so um, with that being said, also the T-Wolves have no real tradable players at all either. So that's the other thing. I mean, you know, a couple bad contracts. You know, Teague now, he's kind of suffering going in the dump. And by the way, your Minnesota Golden Gophers have tied it up with 25 seconds left. 57 all. Michigan with the timeout. Stay tuned. We'll keep you updated here. 24.7 seconds left. Gophers on the road. Number five, Michigan. Boy, if they could get this win and get out of Chrysler Arena with a big... It's not a big upset, but... um. Yeah, they 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 really really need this win. Need a confidence builder too. Play okay at home, but to go in the big boys' house, let's do what it do. All right, so we went through the Timberwolves schedule here. You know, no real tradable players, like I said. And then the other thing is, you have the whole Ryan Saunders kind of conundrum popping up. We love Ryan. We all know what's going on here. His dad, everybody wants him to get the job. But at the same time, man, this team has to perform. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have not been performing. Now, they've been okay without Jimmy Butler. 
And quite honestly, with Jimmy acting the way he was, even if he was here, you know, it just wasn't going to work. So who's going to step up and be the leader of the team? I mean, it ain't going to be Wiggins. D. Rose is the leader of this team right now. And that's also another thing. Because you got to get him signed somehow. Now, both sides have talked about, yeah, they they want D. Rose here. D. Rose has said he, he wants to be here. But, you know, how many times have we heard that before and then something happens, other teams get in the mix, bam, he's gone. So... You're hearing all the right things, all all the you know the proper things. Uh, and Michigan wins it on the last second putback over the Gophers. They'll review it, but it looked good. It is good. Oh, Minnesota, God, oh, oh damn! All right, Gophers as of now are going to lose fifty nine fifty seven. Michigan continues to. keep their dominance in the Big Ten. Cedric Galloway in the house. What up to you, sir? California homie. Repping all things LA. Soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And yeah, that shot's plenty good. So, oh man. Damn, ghosts. All right. So, when Kevin calls in, we're talking football. Let's get you guys just caught up very, very, very quickly here on some basketball scores. Kevin's going to be calling in in about three minutes. We got him right at the top of the hour. We're not going to take a break till after we get done with him. And get your questions ready, man. What do you guys think? Um, some crazy NFL games. I don't even know where to begin with the penalties, with the refs, you know, blatant misses. I mean, we're going to have a lot to talk about here uh, with Kevin. And also, you know, I really thought the Rams, (laughs) you know, the first half anyway, were really going to do something. I, I really did. But. You know, it is what it is, I guess. All right, let's give you some updates and some scores here as we uh, get set up for Kevin Gray's call. All right, looks like uh, 12 seconds left. Florida State's going to win over Clemson tonight. Uh, They're up 77-66, like I said, about 10 seconds. Georgia Tech is uh, beating Notre Dame tonight, 63-61. Both of those teams are 11-8. Texas Tech, as of right now, they are trailing Kansas State, the 14th-ranked Red Raiders, 51-43, trailing here, uh, about three and a half minutes left there. Villanova over Butler with about 50 seconds left in that game, 80-69. Gophers, as we said, the refs are talking about it, but that basket was good, so we're going to call it a final. Michigan will go to 18-1 and over Minnesota, 14-5, and 59-57. And that is really about it. We got a, uh, oh, another final number, a Kentucky over the 22nd-ranked Mississippi State team, 76-55. And that... This is about it for some of the main games here down in SEC country. You got Texas A&M. They're up early, uh, about 10 minutes 
left in the first half. They're up 22-19 over Florida. Northwestern will be playing Indiana here shortly. Northwestern, a point and a half favorite. Interesting. Hmm. Kind of like the Indiana side of that. 135 and a half over under. Nico Green has a question. What about the Saints-Rams <laughs> rematch? Yeah. Nah, man. Um, a lot of us in Minnesota have taken a lot of joy in the pain of the Saints fans after Bounty Gate, after them deliberately trying to take out Brett Favre back in the day and, uh, you know, all the Minnesota players. So they're not going to get any love from up here. Yeah, you. I guess you can actually do it, can't you? But we, we know it ain't going to happen. But, man, that would be interesting if they just said, you know what, it was so blatant that we're just going to start the game from that point. All right, looks like we got Mr. Gray here. Give me one second. Hello, Kevin. Kevin Wright, how are you this evening? I am great, sir. How are you doing tonight? I uh, couldn't be better, man. All sports done right on a Tuesday, man. Hey, I'm glad you're here, man, because Kev, first off, again, Kevin Gray, Clutch Talk Sports Radio, um, Sports Radio, America Network, all kinds of big things. And Kevin is the football fiend, the football mind that I like to go to. And Kev, I'm so glad you could join us tonight, man, because we got these crazy games to talk about. But before we get to the NFL, you have spent a week now out in L.A., out there, you know, hanging with the stars and you know, I'm sure rolling around in the Maseratis and going to the after parties, hanging at the Chateau Marmont and all that. But, hey, man, why don't you tell the people what you were doing? Because I didn't even know this game existed, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Why don't you give our viewers or our listeners, you know, a little inside depth as, as to what that game is and what you were covering out there? Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to be on Sports and Right Show. Once again, I always love coming on coming on your show. And, uh, yeah, I spent uh, about a week out in Pasadena, California, for what is called the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. So you have your traditional college all-star games, right? You have the Senior Bowl. You have the East-West Shrine game. You have the Blue-Gray Bowl. You have all these college all-star games. And you also have what's called the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. And it's for draft-eligible college football players uh, and some of the names are fairly big that you know of. There, this past week, there was guys like Jake Browning, um, Mark Fields, uh, Clemson University national champion out there also. But this is an opportunity for some of the small guys, from some of the smaller school guys to be able to come out and showcase their talents. And what's unique about the NFLPA um, this year was its eighth iteration of, of the game is that these players go through NFL-style practices, NFL-style meetings, they also go through what's called NFLPA University. So throughout the week, they are taking classes uh, with financial advisors, educational classes. Oh, okay. nice. uh, yes, yeah, and these are put on by not only um, the educators or the instructors that they bring in, but these classes are also led by former and current NFL players. So some of the current players that were out there uh, last week included Richard Sherman, uh, Calvin Ridley, uh, Lamar Jackson was out there. We actually oh, had a nice. chance to meet yeah, meet with him. So that was pretty cool. Um, and they go through this throughout the entire week, 
and leads up to the game on Saturday uh, at the Rose Bowl, uh, and they play the game um, on Saturday evening, and then they have an opportunity to be coached by former and current coaches. So uh, it's two teams, the American team and the national team. The American team this year was led by uh, new Bears defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano, uh, and some of his staff members, yeah, some of his staff members included uh, Ed Reed, Andre Johnson, uh, Jaquel Jackson, uh, Plaxico Burris, some of those some of those guys on his staff. The national team was coached by someone you know very well, uh, former Vikings head coach. Uh, Mike Tice was the other coach for the national team. And some of the guys on his staff included uh, Daryl Green, uh, Brian Cox, um, some names that you know and love from, you know, past, you know, NFL stardom. So it was a tremendous week. The folks at the NFLPA put on a tremendous event all week long. The communications director, uh, Carl Francis, was uh, fantastic all week. Uh, his communications coordinator, Aaron Hayes, give her a special shout-out because she was with us all week long coordinating um, interviews and access to the players and coaches. Um, we also had the opportunity to talk to the assistant Executive Director of External Affairs for the NFLPA, uh, Georgia Talla, um, the, the right-hand man to uh, Demora Smith. So uh, right. we were, yeah, we were going to have Demoris on the show, but he got caught up doing some different things. He was actually out in California, not just for the game, but he was actually out helping um, the teachers who were on strike out in California. Uh, he was out there protesting with them. So he was actually out there doing some work uh, himself beyond the NFLPA. Uh, of course, where he's the executive uh, director there. But, um, yeah, we had a fantastic week, man. I, yeah, I had to pinch myself because I did the show. I did my show uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, out at the Rose Bowl. So we were in what's called the Keith Jackson Broadcasting oh, wow. Center. Yeah, nice. named after the, uh, the legendary Keith Jackson. Lord and I did Nelly. my show. Nice. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I was able to do my show from there um, and also conduct interviews. Uh, with the players and the coaches. And then on Saturday for the game itself, I did the uh, sideline reporting uh, for the game there. So uh, as you saw through some of the social media, you know, we uh, had a chance to, you know, get with Mike Vick and, um, you know, Lamar Jackson and a lot of the other guys, Chuck Pagano, Mike Tice. We actually had Mike Tice on the show live on our Friday show. Uh, We did that from the uh, Intercontinental Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. So that was pretty cool to – uh, to have him on the show live. So, yeah, man, it was it was a fantastic week. We tried to take advantage of the opportunity, but more so give these players a platform to really showcase their skills. Fox Sports 1 had the television broadcast, and my network, the Sports Radio American Network, had the uh, radio broadcast. So it was, uh, it was a really, really cool week to be out there uh, past the end of this past week. And I suppose the weather wasn't too bad? You know, it's funny you say that because I got there Tuesday night and it rained uh, every day up until Friday. The rain finally stopped on Friday, uh, so it was nice Friday and nice Saturday just in time uh, for the game and, and when I left uh, Sunday Sunday evening. So uh, they kept telling us, they said, you know, it, it never rains here uh, in Pasadena in the week that you guys are out here. You know, it was raining, but right. it, the weather finally <laughs> finally turned uh, Friday and Saturday and throughout the weekend. So it was nice uh, during the weekend. All right, man. Well, that's – look, first off, props to you. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of what you do. I listen to your show all the time. 
So for you to kind of, you know, get this opportunity and start, you know, really kind of rubbing elbows with some big people, man. Congratulations. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime, brother. Now let's let's get to this uh NFL here. You saw what happened this weekend. I mean, you know, it's Tuesday. I don't really have to get into all the particulars. Everybody's still talking about these games, man. <laughs> you know, let's start with the, you know, the boys down on the bayou. Uh, what did you think about that New Orleans uh, game? Because, you know, the Rams come out, they kind of stick it to them in that first half. Everybody's like, oh, my goodness, what the hell's going on here? And, and you know, obviously the Saints answer, the refs. I mean, what what was just – what was Kevin Gray thinking as he's watching all this? Well, I mean, you know, the Saints jump out 13 nothing, and it looks like the momentum is it, – it's going to be a rout. I mean, they – Coming into that game, the Saints were, what, 5-0 and in that building. I never right. lost in the playoffs inside the Superdome. And during the first half, it looked like it was going to be much of the same. But honestly, uh, for me, what changed the momentum of the game was the fake punt that Sean McVay ran. They didn't score on the drive, but at the same time, it slowed the Saints down quite a bit because right. you yes, could tell right. you know, Breeze and the offense was, it was in rhythm. They were moving the football. Uh, and the Rams weren't really getting the kind of pressure that you would want, you know, on Breeze. And that fake punt and converting that on that fourth down, they were actually able to kind of slow things down where it allowed them to chip away and chip away to get back into the ball game. And as you saw them, once they kind of settled down and got their nerves about them, uh, they were right in that football game. If you remember, I think it was the Week 9 matchup between the two teams. You know, the Saints jumped out to a 35-14 lead, right, up 21 points, and they were rolling. But then the Rams slowly again, as they did in that game, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, got back and was able to tie the game 35-35 before ultimately losing, you know, by 10. And ultimately, I think knowing what they had done in Week 9, knowing the kind of confidence that they had, knowing that they could come back in that building, deal with the crowd noise, and deal with all the adversity that comes with playing in that building – I think that gave them a lot of confidence to know that if they were able to slow the momentum down a little bit against New Orleans, that they could get back into the game. And, of course, they wind up getting back into the ball game. And then, you know, the refereeing uh, kind of got in the way of what, you know, it looks like the Saints should have been able to do in terms of scoring on that on that final drive. But I, I, give, I give the Rams a lot of credit for not giving up in that football game. And they could have easily, after getting thir- down 13, could have easily folded. But I think knowing that they have been there before during that kind of adversity allowed them an opportunity to kind of chip away, and that's exactly what they were able to do. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, luck favors the prepared, and, you know, they got <laughs> right. lucky, real luck, real lucky with a, uh, you know, a call that went, you know, against the Saints and, you know, the no call that everybody's obviously talking about right now. Hey, man, let me ask you about Mr. Goff. Now, you know, Jeff Fisher's the coach out there. Jared Goff is, you know, hell, we could we could have probably played better quarterback, you know, than than he did that that first year. But then all of a sudden, new coach comes in. What have you noticed here about the relationship between Goff and his coach? And you know, because it's really amazing. I mean, this guy's a you know a, a, a solid QB. All of a sudden. And he, you know, a couple years back, he was riding the bench, and now here he is, Super Bowl bound. So, what do you think about the uh, quarterback situation out there? 
Well, I think one of the things that Sean McVay, you know, should get tremendous amount of credit for is finding out what Jared Goff does best. And, you know, uh, Miriam Fader, who's a Bleacher Report magazine writer, she did a tremendous piece on Sean McVay last year talking about the fact that he develops relationships with these guys. And one of the things that he has done with Jared Goff is to know what he likes to do, allow him to have input and creativity when it comes to the offense, but more importantly, putting Jared Goff in positions to succeed. It's not that Jared Goff is necessarily a different player or a better quarterback, but he's getting better coaching and having more input in terms of what he does best. And when you do that with any player, whether it be a Lamar Jackson like you do in Baltimore, putting the kind of offense to allow him to succeed, or any player – you're going to get the best out of him, and that's what Sean McVay's been able to do with Jared Goff. Because, you know, at times, it stretches during the year, Goff didn't play very well. He had the four-interception game against the Chicago Bears earlier right. this year. There was that's a stretch true. there, yep. you know, where he he didn't play very well. And even in the game against Dallas in the divisional championship game, or the divisional round, uh, didn't play particularly well, but was supplemented by a tremendous running game, you know, with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. But what he is is a guy who is, when he is in on schedule, staying in rhythm and is able to stay in that schedule, you know, he's a pretty good player. And I think that's a credit to Sean McVay finding out what he does best and ensuring that he gets the most out of him for the skill set that he has. I mean, Goff, they didn't trade, you know, away the farm for, you know, a reason, you know, to go get Jared Goff. And what they did was they were able to surround him with better coaching, good coaching, and a guy like Sean McVay has just been able to put put it together and get the most out of it exactly now what's going on with Todd Gurley uh he was on the sideline for a while second half people were wondered you know he was doing some stretching people wondered if he was injured or whatnot came back into the game have we heard anything new I'll be personally honest with you man I haven't heard um you know too much of an update as to what's happening or was happening with him i mean i'm assuming it's the super bowl two weeks away he'll be fine but is there any other news on a possible girly injury uh not that i've seen or heard um i mean both of them claim that's mcveigh and you know ty Gurley that he's healthy and obviously with the two weeks now in between you know, the championship game of the Super Bowl, whatever is going on with him, uh, he's going to be right. I mean, the game that he had against the Cowboys was the first time he had been back um, in a little over a month, you know, after dealing with that knee injury. So I think from him, it's more about conditioning and getting his legs under him. He played well against the Dallas Cowboys, but you saw C.J. Anderson able to supplement that, you know, for him also. So, you know, it's, kind of crazy that, you know, a guy in Ty Gurley only had five touches for, you know, 13 yards in in the game overall. But at the same time, for him, it's going to be about being healthy and what he can do in the Super Bowl. And I think by the time we get to two weeks from now, he's going to be right and in the Super Bowl and ready and ready to go. All right. Now, we, we all know about the, the Rams offense, but what about this defense? You know, they, they've given up big yards, big points, and yet here they are. So tell people, you know, a little bit about the Rams defense, maybe what we should be watching for in the Super Bowl and maybe who we should be looking at. And do they do anything schematically as we, you know, obviously we'll talk about the Patriots here very shortly, but do they do anything schematically that might give New England some issues? Well, what we've seen from the Patriots in the past, right, and where they've struggled 
We're talking about the two times that they lost to the New York football Giants and in other years where they have struggled against teams that are extremely physical and can get pressure with their front four. And a guy in Aaron Donald who had 20 and a half sacks this year, a guy in Michael Brockers, a guy in Dante Fowler Jr., they can get to the quarterback without having to be schemed to get to the quarterback. So, you know, Wade Phillips in terms of his blitzing and what he does running, you know, his 4-3 scheme that he does, he will take his chances in blitz when he feels like it's an opportune time to do so. But what he relies on is being able to get pressure with his front four and then allowing his corners to do work, you know, on the outside. So we're talking about guys like Aqib Tlaib. We're talking about guys like Marcus right. Peters yeah. uh, who played. And you saw the adjustment that they made in the game against the Saints the first time around. Marcus Peters did a lot of the shadowing of Michael Thomas because Aqib Tlaib was out. Once you saw Tlaib in the lineup, you saw him doing a lot more of that shadowing um, when it came to Michael Thomas and what and the like. So I think for Wade Phillips, what he wants to do, you have to – the Patriots are a rhythm offense. This is a team with Edelman and when Gronkowski is right, like we saw a little bit, especially late in the second half and into overtime for the, the Patriots. They like to be in rhythm. They like to play off the play action. You saw the running game start to get going with guys like Sonny Michelle, who's played really well the last couple of weeks for them. But for the Rams, they have to get physical – with the Patriots, much like how the Patriots did back in 2001 against those very St. Louis Rams, who the greatest show on turf. Right. What yeah. they did, what what they did was with guys like you know Willie McGinnis and Ty Law and, and others. They got physical with the Rams in that game, throwing them and bumping and running with them, getting them physically at the line of scrimmage. And they're going to have to do the Rams this time are going to have to do the same, you know, with the Patriots because you know Edelman's a good target. Obviously, you know what he is with Rob, with Rob Garkowski is. Chris Hogan is a big threat at the wide receiver, a big physical threat at the wide receiver position uh, who can catch the football pretty well for them. So I'm looking for the Rams to be much more physical with this Patriots team um, in the Super Bowl because they have the kind of physical players to do it, and they have it on every level when we talk about, as you mentioned, you know, Donald and Brockers and Dante Fowler, you know, on the second level, and then Tlaib and Peters you know, in the in the background. So they have the kinds of players to do it. Can they stop the ground game? They were in the bottom third in the NFL in terms of stopping the run, but they show that they can do it. They did it against the Cowboys. They did better against it against the Saints. So this is a defense that's playing better in stopping the run. And what we've seen from the Patriots the last couple of weeks, they're finding their rhythm in the running game. So the to me defensively it's going to be at the line of scrimmage for this Rams team and how they're able to create pressure right. okay. and number okay. two, how they could, how they can stop the run against the Pacers team that's running the ball a lot better these days. Well, you know, and here's the fun fact. And if you would, if you would have told me that Jared Goff would have the exact same amount of rushing yards as Todd Gurley, and they both rush for 10 yards, but yet somehow are still going to the Super Bowl. You know, I, I would have laughed my ass off. But here they are. So let's flip the script. Let's go back to Kansas City. Again, kind of the same scenario. Another overtime game. Another classic. Referees. And I'll talk to you about the refs in a second. I definitely want to get your point of view on that. But kind of the same deal. Tell me what you saw in the AFC Championship game and uh, your thoughts as you were kind of watching that whole thing unfold. 
Well, I mean, the Patriots ran twice as many plays. They had the ball for twice as long, and the Chiefs' defense just got whooped. I mean, by the time you got to overtime, we knew what time it was with Tom Brady got the football, and they were, you know, had the ball in overtime, and not uh, they weren't going to get the football up. They were going to score because the defense for the Chiefs was just tired at that point. So, right, yeah. and this is and this has been an issue for the Chiefs all season long. Yes. This is a team that was top five in sacking the quarterback uh, in the NFL this year with guys like Justin Houston at D four. You know they can get after the quarterback, but on the back end, this is a defense that was terrible in the secondary all season long. We're talking about a team that was twenty seventh in the league uh, in terms of pass defense. This is a defense that was just not very good all season long. So as you saw them struggle in the second half, especially against a Patriots team that just moved the football at will on them. Defensively, they just could not stop the Patriots. And no matter how many times Patrick Mahomes got the football back, was able to lead them back down the field, score for score with the Patriots. Defensively, they just could not, they just could not, you know, hang with the Patriots. And I believe if the Chiefs had won the toss, we'd be talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and not the Patriots because especially in the second half, Patrick Mahomes was spectacular. Struggled in the first half, but you right. saw coming into the second half, made the adjustments, was able to get the football out in much better rhythm against the Patriots in the second half, and you saw what they were able to do in moving the football up and down the field, you know, against the Patriots. So I think if the Chiefs win the toss, we're talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl uh, versus the Patriots, but the Patriots yeah. obviously, you know, winning the toss and just ran it down uh, the Chiefs' throat in that on that drive there. Well, Kevin, and again, this is Kevin Gray, Clutch Talk Sports Radio host, Sports Talk or uh, Sports Radio America host. Let me a quick sidebar here, and again, I appreciate you taking the times. I know you're technically on vacation, so we definitely take appreciate you taking some time out oh. for us, brother. <laughs> but what do you think about this overtime rule? I mean, you know, they I get. You know where it is now. If you ha- if you kick a field goal, the other team does get an opportunity. But do you think that Kansas City should have had an opportunity to score the touchdown and tie it up, and then from there, however you want to end it, a sudden death or or whatever the case is, do it college style, whatever. But do you think Kansas City should at least have had an opportunity to tie that game up? I mean, for entertainment's sake, I mean, of course. I mean, I, you know, you want to see what Patrick Mahomes can do, you know, in that situation. But at the same time, the rules are what they are. And if you're the Chiefs, you've got to get a stop. I mean, you you realize at this point of the game that a touchdown wins the game. So you have to get a stop in order to give Patrick Mahomes that chance, you know, to do so. And would I like to see the overtime rule change? I would. I would like to see it college style, but except – you put each team on the 45-yard line and then have the same kind of overtime rules that you have, you know, in college football. And then once you get to that third overtime, you have to go for two. Uh, I think it's after the third overtime, you have to go for two every time. Um, So that way you give both teams an opportunity to stop the other to try and win a football game. But, yeah, the, you know, the – go down, score a touchdown, the game's over with. I get it because you're trying to preserve bodies. You're trying to preserve, you know, these guys, and especially when you get to the playoffs where, you know, it's basically a new game starts right, over. Right, exactly. Uh, so, you know, the quicker you can get it over with, the better you can preserve the players, especially the ones that go on, you know, to play in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I would like to see the overtime rule change, especially to give both teams an equal opportunity 
to possess the football and see what they can do and make both teams play both sides of the ball exactly. in that overtime you know, period. I would like I, to see that. I couldn't agree more, bro. That's why I asked you. I'm glad you uh, said that because I, I totally agree with you. Now, before I talk about the Patriots running game with Sony Michelle and James White, let's just get the – no, the, the Tom Brady BS talk out the way. Ninth Super Bowl, <laughs> you know, greatest quarterback of all time, arguably. I know there's still some of the Montana fans holding on for dear life at this point, but. Yeah, you they know, might need to let that go. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, hey, Kev, I was one of them, man. I was one of them. <laughs> but. You know, what this dude is doing, and, and I get it, you know, there's definitely been ample evidence along the way. We we have, you know, spy gates and cheater gates and, you know, um, fumble gates and everything else. But, you know, 40, what, times, what, 41 years old, still doing this at such an elite level. And, man, on that drive in Kansas City, that last drive you know, before Kansas City came back and tied it up and it goes into overtime. I mean, he just marched that team right down the field. Like, I mean, you know, like he was, you know, General Washington or somebody, man. I mean, impressive. That's all I got to say. You know, it pains me to say it. I'm actually, my my late cousin was actually a Patriots fan, so I'm kind of rooting for New England this year in particular. But, Man, I mean, Tom Brady, this dude, man, love him, hate him, whatever. He just gets the job done. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, you know, the drive in overtime or the drive late in the fourth quarter, the drive in overtime, I mean, it's vintage, you know, Brady. The guy has the unique Mm -hmm. ability in those moments to come up big, and no one in that building has more confidence in himself and he's going to get that done to Tom Brady, and he's done it now for going on, you know, 18, 19 years. And it's a credit to, I mean, I'm not trying to gush over the guy, but it's a credit to his work ethic. It's a credit to how good of a player he really is. You can say what you want about the scheme that he's in, has the scheme made the player or the player made the scheme. You can say anything, and those are the legitimate debates and conversations when it comes you know, to Tom Brady. But what he is is, is a winner, and he's going to win regardless of the circumstances. And you saw it coming into the week of the ASC Championship game, no matter how cheesy or corny it was. Tom Brady will find a way to motivate himself, whether it be creating, you know, narratives that people think he's too old or he's washed or he's this or he's that. He's had the biggest chip on his shoulders since he's come into the league as a late-round draft pick way back when. And this is – This is how Tom Brady gets down. We know how he gets down. He's been a guy that's been written off ever since he he got into the league, and he found himself working his way to the very top. And when he got his opportunity way back when, when Drew Bledsoe went down, he took full advantage of it, and he never let go. And you could say what you want about him as a person. You could say all these things about him, but what he is is the hardest worker in the room. He's not going to get outworked by anybody. And that shows on the field in the biggest moments. And he has a clutch gene that we probably will never see in the NFL, you know, again. And him and Bill Belichick have put something together now for going on the last 20 years that, you know, folks who don't like the Patriots, we just can't stand it. Because like the Spurs or the other organizations that have won for so long, it's like, when will this ever, will it ever end? And it's funny, I tweeted out, I said, Tom Brady now, is old enough to have played both the St. Louis Rams 
and the Los Angeles Rams right, yep. in the Super Bowl. Like, has a player ever done that before, playing a team that played in two different cities in the Super Bowl? I mean, as Nico said, it is, it's a true a true dynasty, the guys yeah, yeah, in that Nico. organization. Yeah. yeah, and it starts with, you know, Robert Kraft, who's on this team now for 25 years, and he has trusted Bill Belichick to do what he's done. And the greatest, I think, greatest attribute from Rock from Robert Kraft when it comes to this whole organization is that he got out of the way and let his coaches do what Thank they you. do. No matter exactly. no matter you know, no matter the turnover, we've seen coaches come and go and come back. Uh, hello Josh McDaniels. Um and mm-hmm. he's been able to do what he's done over the last, you know, sixteen, seventeen years and that's just win. And, you know, I can't stand it. You can't stand it. We all can't stand it except for the folks uh in New England and Grego. Uh, who loves the Patriots. So, <laughs> right, right, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But, you know, you get credit to where credit's due. Well, you know, and that's the thing. And, uh, you know, as I sit and and watch this unfold, you know, I'm of an age where I grew up with Jordan. You know, I grew up in, you know, watching Wayne Gretzky play hockey. I saw all these goats, as we like to call them today, right? So, you know, Tiger Woods in his heyday. So when things like this happen, I mean, you do just even after a while, just sit back and kind of enjoy it. You may not be a fan of it, but, you know, this thing will come to an end. I mean, it will come to an end and, you know, we'll be sitting back maybe 10 years from now just going, wow, what this team did, simply amazing. I mean, nine Super Bowls. To think that Tom Brady is honestly a, a couple, you know, amazing catches away from having... Uh, you know, six, seven Super Bowl rings. Eight, yeah. Eight, possibly, you know, played in the game nine times. I mean, it, amazing. I mean, this is just nuts what's going on. And, you know, I you know, I thought Terry Bradshaw and those Steelers teams in the 70s were something, but this has just been nuts. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild to think, you know, if, Marshawn Lynch actually gets the ball um, and actually scores, you know, the touchdown. We're talking about something completely different, you know, when it comes to the amount of Super Bowls that obviously Tom Brady has and the narrative that it's surrounding, you know, Tom Brady. But at the same time, they keep – I've said it, you know, time and time again this season that this is not the, the the greatest of the Patriot teams that we've seen, but what they are and what they have been is resilient all season. This is still a team that's top 10 in defensive rating this year. This is still a team that is top five in scoring offense this year. And as I've said it before, you know, this is a trash Patriots team. In my opinion, this is not the 07 team that has, you know, Randy Moss on there, you know, catching, you know, over 20 touchdowns, Tom Brady, over 50 touchdowns, you know, league MVP. This isn't, those Brady vintage teams from them. But what they are is a team that much like the Spurs have done over the last 20 years, they've adapted year after year about how the game is supposed to be played. And they continue to do that. And now they are, they draft better than anybody. They scout probably better than anybody in the national football league, because some of the guys that are on there, we're talking about the Kyle Van Noys of the world. We're talking about some of these guys who you've never really heard of, but they, like Alabama are a nameless, faceless championship machine that just continues to win year after year. And until somebody figures it out, and we thought it was going to be the Chiefs, you know, hopefully this year, at least I thought it was going to be, um, you know, this is going to continue as long as Brady continues to be out there. 
All right, Kevin, couple last questions for you, my man. And again, thank you so much for joining us. First question, who do you think wins this game? Uh, I'm picking the Rams in this game uh, because I think they have enough playmakers on both sides of the ball and the kind of physical style play that I believe that they will deploy against the Patriots um, to beat them. Now, the question, the wild card for me is Jared Goff. You know, Sean McVay is going to have him prepared. Yes, he's going to be having him ready to play this game. But at the same time, this is a guy who's looking across the field at Tom Brady and wanting to try and beat this guy in the Super Bowl. So if Jared Goff can stay within himself, not try to do too much and rely on a running game that's been as good as any, especially over the last four or five weeks, you know, with C.J. Anderson and Ty Gurley now back, in the backfield, the Rams, I believe, should win this game. Yes, they're an underdog going into the game, but they have playmakers at every level on both sides of the ball. And if they can find themselves getting off the field on third down, controlling the running game the way that they've done over the last couple of weeks and not allowing the Patriots to get a rhythm and being physical with them at the line of scrimmage and getting their pressure with the front four that they have and Aaron Donald doing what he does, uh, I think the Rams have a good shot of winning of winning this game. Um, Tom, and the thing is, the Patriots are going to make their runs in this game. They're going to have their moments. Tom Brady is not going to sit back there and have a bad football game. He's going right. to have their runs. Can, but can you withstand the early onslaught of the Patriots? If you're the Rams, can you find, find yourself settling down within the first eight, nine minutes of this game and realize it's just another game? and you're trying to go out and beat you know, the Patriots. And if they can do that, I think they got a good shot of winning this game. All right. I, very well reasoned. I don't know if I agree just yet, but uh, like I said, <laughs> I, I will let you know. But, all right, last question. Uh, going back to college football here, um, Jalen Hurts transfers to Oklahoma. Just a fun little question to end it for you. What do you think Oklahoma is going to do next year with this guy? You know, it's an interesting question because, you know, the weapons, some of the weapons that were there this past year are not going to be there. So Hollywood Brown is, you know, off to the NFL now. Um, You know, obviously the offense that they run is prodigious. I mean, they they throw the football all over the lot. And I think Jalen Hurts will have a tremendous opportunity to put up a bunch of gaudy numbers uh, for Oklahoma. So I fully expect them to be at the top of the Big 12 with Texas once again, probably playing Texas uh, for the Big 12 championship because Texas seems like they're pretty much, you know, back at this point with Tom Herman. Uh, But but I think think Jalen Hurts is going to have a a phenomenal year. I mean, I think he went there knowing that what he saw from Baker Mayfield – Kyler Murray in his one full season there, that Lincoln Riley is going to put him in a position to put the ball in the air and to do it in a way that's going to allow him to put up a bunch of big numbers. And if that's the case, you know, I fully expect Jalen Hurts to be in the Heisman Trophy conversation, you know, going into uh, into 2019. And I think he saw that opportunity, you know, with the way the last two quarterbacks before him play. But I, I fully expect Oklahoma to be in the mix for the college football playoff because, I mean, never forget, before Jalen Hurts was ultimately, you know, uh, benched by Alabama in the national championship game and then, you know, two or one up taking over, Jalen Hurts was 26-2 and two himself 
as a exactly. starter and, yeah. and, an, and an SEC champion. So it's not like this is a scrub going over to Oklahoma to go play, you know, football. You know, kid can, can play. I mean, he was SEC, you know, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, it's not like Jalen Hurts can't play. Like, he was recruited to Alabama and played QB1 for them for a reason. <laughs> so Jalen Hurts is going to ball, and I think and Lincoln Riley's going to put him in the best position you know, to succeed there. So I hope that Jalen Hurts has, I think he'll have a fantastic year. Now, wouldn't that be something if we get to the college football playoffs and it's Oklahoma and Alabama and Jalen Hurts is lined up as an Oklahoma Sooner, you know, possibly playing for a national championship or even winning a Heisman Trophy as an Oklahoma Sooner? Uh, I mean, that's, I think the college football guys, you know, we, we want to see that allowed to be happen in the college football playoff because, I mean, obviously, you know, you just kind of lined it out. The storyline that would be between Alabama and Oklahoma in a college football playoff scenario with those two quarterbacks and those two programs knowing what's between the two of them, uh, I think is, is a perfect storyline that I'm sure we're all – as college football fans were rooting for going into uh, 2019. Uh, and I'd like to welcome the Chief Rocker, number one Chief Rocker, Jersey Vern, into the our uh, Spreaker.com chat room. He says it's never going to happen, but, hey, man, you well, never know. You never know. Well, you you know Chief loves his Ohio State Buckeyes. Of course, and, uh, of you know, course. You know, they got a young man, Justin Fields, coming out there to uh, – come out there and play ball so we'll see how how that goes yeah they just better make sure they beat purdue and iowa how about that that's what they need to make sure that they do (laughs) he said it jersey he said it hey kevin man again thank you so much brother i mean you spent like an hour with us here thank you so much um before you get out of here tell the people where they can find you tell the people about your shows uh, when you're going to be coming back on, I know you're going to take a week off and, and chill, deservedly so. So tell the people <laughs> how they can uh, follow you. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate being on the Sports Thermite Show, man. Always a good time with you. Yeah, we are the Clutch Tire Sports Radio Live Show. You can find us on Twitter at CT Sports Radio, uh, Facebook.com slash Clutch Talk Sports Radio, and also on IG at CT Sports Radio. We are part of what's called the Sports Radio America Network. You can find them all over social media. I just heard Sports Radio America, and we're live every Monday and Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Sports Radio America Network. And finally, I'm the host of what's called Clutch Conversations podcast, uh, exclusively to the X-Squad radio network, which can be found on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And be sure to download and subscribe to our Clutch Talk Sports Radio podcast, uh, which is the podcast version of our live show and our Clutch Conversations podcast. So it's always a good time with the governor oh, of Minnesota, you, sports governor of Minnesota, Vince Wright. I appreciate the time, sir. Hey, Kev, anytime. And again, thank you, like I said, for taking time out of your uh, vacation for coming on. So go, <laughs> go chill, man. Go chill, rest, relax, and we're going to catch up with you next week. I appreciate it, man. We'll do so. We'll do so. Right. That's that's an order from the governor. I'll take. Hey, it, it has been uh, <laughs> voted on, and I have signed it. No line item veto needed. You go rest, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. All right. 
All right. The one and only Kevin Gray joining us here on Sports Done Right. We are flying. Look at that. We had him on for, what, an hour? So I am going to do this. I'm going to get some commercials in. We're going to take a a break. Let me reboot. When I come back, I'm going to finish up. We're going to talk about a little boxing. We had this uh, very interesting... uh, Adrian Bronner, Manny Pacquiao fight. We'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll just wrap it up on a couple other things. And also the debut of kind of the athlete of the week, the star of the week. I'm going to call it my new freak of the week segment, and I will be back, and we will have our very first freak of the week. Stay tuned. Um, Oh, and also a couple things again that I wanted to tell you about. A lot of things popping off. First off, the Ringside Show is back. Me and Gilbert Batista on IE Sports Radio. The first episode is now uploaded on IE Sports, so make sure you follow them. Uh, Make sure you're checking out X-Squad Affiliates, xsquadaffiliates.com, where it all began for the sports governor. And by the way... Also working here with two cool dudes, Maddie G, Justin Ekstrom. We do the North Star Sports Podcast. And by the way, we finally got our first media credentials. Uh, Thank you to the St. Paul Saints, the Independent League Baseball Team, Downtown St. Paul, C.H. Field, phenomenal, might be the best minor league stadium or one of them easily in the country. So we are very excited over at North Star Sports Podcast that we finally got our first media credentials and really looking forward to covering some uh, independent league baseball for you here with the St. Paul Saints. All right. Let's do this. Let's get these breaks in so we can get back. We'll finish up the show. Again, Kevin Gray, Clutch Talk Sports. Thank you, sir. Chief Rocker Jersey Vern picking the Rams. Uh, There's no way Jersey Vern's picking the Giants. So let's get a break in when we come back. And who knows, maybe Jersey come on real quick. He's always got the the red line phone number as well. Um, (laughs) Chief Rocker. Wow, Minnesota did something. Damn. All right. Mike from Eden Prairie. Uh, Gov, Gophers blow it again. Could have easily had this game against Michigan, but in the end, Michigan's just a much better team. Yeah, Mike, yes, they are. All right, let me get these uh, commercials in. We'll be right back. Sports done right. You may think Matt Geffrey is the voice Voice of of reason reason of North North Star Star Podcast, but Justin and Vince, they know better. He's just an ass. North Star Sports Podcast, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me and hear me good. If you like sports, then you like the Wait a Minute Show. If you like comedy, then you like the Wait a Minute Show. If you like a different opinion coming from a different angle, then you like the Wait a Minute Show. So join me Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. With your host, Jelani, J.B. Bodie, J.B. Bodie, and of course, my man Lopan on the thewaitaminuteshow.com. Ain't that right, Lopan? This is a podcast. 
Hey, what's happening, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor, chilling with Mr. Cabal himself, Jersey Vern, the chief rocker. Jets, Giants, Rangers, Knicks, Islanders, my main man's got it covered. And plus, he's from New York, y'all. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. Hey, what's up, everybody? Vince Wright, you know me as the sports governor. The ladies call me the big smooth one. But I'm coming to you live from Minneapolis, St. Paul, and we're bringing you sports done right every Tuesday night. Make sure you keep it tuned to Spreaker.com, XSquadAffiliates.com, and now proud to be associated with Two Live Stews Radio. I'm Vince Wright, the sports governor, and I approve this message. someone who's being bullied online send the witness emoji it looks like an eye in a speech bubble and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone you'll let the world know it isn't cool and you'll let your friend know you care learn more about the witness emoji at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council I saw you yesterday, but I didn't stop Cause you was walking the opposite way I guess I could have shouted out your name But even if it was you, I don't know what I would say We could sit and reminisce about the old school Maybe share a cigarette because we both fools Chop it up and compare perspectives Life, love, stress and setbacks Yeah, so you could tell me how hard you had it And you could show me all the scars to back it And we can analyze each complaint Break it down and explain these mistakes I make I like to tangle up the strings of the puppetry But you knew me back when I was a younger me You've seen Sean in all types of light And I've been meaning to ask you if I'm doing alright Yesterday, was that you? Look just like you Strange things my imagination might do Take a breath, reflect on what we've been through Or am I just going crazy cause I miss you? Yesterday, was that you? Look just like you Strange things my imagination might do Take a breath, reflect on what we've been through Or am I just going crazy cause I miss you? I'm shook, I know, I pushed when I should've pulled Took it all back if I could, I put that on my soul And I would make a top-notch good listener If you could block off a little time, I'd give it here Since we went our separate paths I've hit a couple of snags that remind me of the past I can't front, I'm having a blast But damned if I ain't afraid of how long it's gonna last Sitting here wishing we could kick it Give me your opinions, I do miss the criticisms I didn't mean to be distant, make a visit I wait up and keep the coffee brewing in the kitchen But who am I joking with? There's no way that you and I will ever get to reopen it It doesn't matter, this is more than love And maybe if I'm lucky, get to see you out the corner of yesterday Was that you? Look just like you Strange things my imagination might do Take a breath, reflect on what we've been through Or am I just going crazy cause I miss you? Yesterday, was that you? Look just like you Strange things my imagination might do Take a breath, reflect on what we've been through Back then. 
Johnny Dog Riding with a couple Latin bras and a China Dog Hey, you know how we ball, right in the shiny car Walking inside the mall, but everything we saw You know about me, dog. don't talk about me, dog. And if you doubt me, dog, you better out me, dog. I'm told off slightly, bro, don't wanna fight me, bro. I'm fast as lightning, bro, you better use your Nikes, bro. You know you don't like me, cuz, your bitch most likely does. She see me on the judge, in front of every club. I be on door and buzz, gave every whore Niggas don't show me mugs, cause you don't know I got a He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right, and now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show. What up? Vince Wright, sports governor. Vince Bond. Sports done right. 
Tuesday night edition. All right, we are back, coming to you live from the great state of Minnesota, M-I-N-N-E-S-O-T-A. Now, one of them simple four-letter states that takes great pride in spelling out O-H-I-O or I-O-W-A or something like that. It's a four-letter state. You're supposed to be able to spell it. Anyway, all right, got one of the monitors going here in the Situation Room, Duke is up over Pittsburgh. Jeff Capel. We got a little Padawan and the Learner here going on. Duke. Jeff Capel getting another look for head coach here as he is uh got Pittsburgh at 12 and 6, 2 and 3 in the ACC. Duke is 15 and 2, 4 and 1 overall. And by the way, thank you uh Kev. Uh, yeah, I love that. I also got a little uh walking dead dubstep that I use here as well. I got that from uh, some royalty-free music uh, thing down on iTunes. I love this one. Love that Walking Dead one. So, all right. Anyway, talking about Duke, that brings me to our very first, the new segment here on Sports Done Right, trying to do some new things. So, our little Athlete of the Week segment, we're going to call it Freak of the Week. And the Freak of the Week this week, this past week, has been my main man, Z, the one and only Zion Williamson, the freshman sensation from Duke. By the way, tonight he's already has he has 19 points, nine to nine field goals, five rebounds, two assists. The dude does it all. Scored 25 points or more in his last I don't know umpteenth mini games. Uh, let's go through some of the stats here for him tonight. Um, so first off, great game the other night against Virginia. They held on 72-70. to 70. He had 27 points there, 9 rebounds, 2 steals, 10-16 from the floor. Also had a, a great block shot in that game as well. I mean, you know, you've seen it here when they've played other teams. I mean, just amazing what this kid's doing. He's averaging over 21 points, 9 rebounds a game. Just nuts. Just nuts. Dropped 35 um, in in the defeat, I got to say, to Syracuse. That was a great game. Props to the Syracuse Orangemen, or the Orange, excuse me, whatever they're going by now. Guess I'm dating myself. But anyway, this week, the initial freak of the week goes to Zion Williamson. And by the way, you know, I hope Jeff Capel is able to do something in Pittsburgh. You know, it's been a long time since Pittsburgh is, you know, they this used to be a top five basketball program here um, back when uh, Jamie Dixon was there. And be very interested to see what Capel can do there again. Wishing him all the best. Um, let's see here. What else did we want to go over before we got out of here tonight? You know what? I think that may be it. <laughs> Quite honestly, Northwestern over Indiana so far, 28-24. That is at the half. That is the only other Big Ten game going tonight. 
Again, our beloved Gophers went down to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it with me, the University of Michigan. I hear you, Jelani. I hear you. Gophers lose by two on the last second put back. Played a great first half. Really let it go in the second half. Battled back. But the Gophers now uh, 14-5. and five. And actually, let's, before we get out of here, we'll give you the Big Ten standings. Kev likes the Walking Dead dubstep, as it's called, as well. All right, as of right now, we'll take you through a couple of the uh, basketball conferences here for college in the Atlantic Coast Conference. North Carolina leads away at 5-1. and one. Louisville, Virginia, Duke, Syracuse, all at 4-1. and one. Duke would be 5-1 and one after tonight. Virginia Tech, 4-2. and two. North Carolina State. Three and two, and then you have Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and Wake Forest. The ones bringing up the basement, all these teams only have one win so far in conference, and that's Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, Boston College, and the Golden Domers, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Let's go over to the Big Ten Conference here on Sports Done Right. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, We got so... Uh, caught up there with our great interview with Kev. So follow the sports governor, Vince Wright, at the Big Smooth One. That's the number one after the Big Smooth. Or Sports Done Right, W-R-I-G-H-T, my last name. You can follow that on Facebook. Ask to join our private group there. You can also check me out on Instagram at Sports Done Right there as well. Um that's about it. But anyway, right now in the Big Ten Conference, you got the Michigan State Spartans. Nobody's, and that's the thing. Here we go again. Nobody talking about Michigan State. Tom Izzo has this team exactly, exactly where he wants this team to be. 8-0, and 17-2 overall. Michigan, and I think this is updated now, 7-1, and 18-1 overall. Followed by the Maryland Terrapins, another team that you want to keep a, a very close eye on from the Big Ten. 7-2, 16-4 overall. Purdue Boilermakers rounding out kind of that top half there at 5-2. and two. Iowa at 5-3. and three. Then you got Wisconsin, or Wisconsin as it's supposed to be said, uh, from my homegirl over there, Shannon, who always tells me on Twitter I'm mispronouncing her state. And then you have the Gophers now at 4-4. Four and four. Indiana three and four, Nebraska three and five. Oh, Jersey, what's going on with the Buckeyes, man? I was expecting bigger things so far, but only two and four in conference right now for your your Ohio State Buckeyes. You got Northwestern at two and five, Rutgers at two and six, and then bringing up that real real deep basement, Illinois one and six, <laughs> and Penn State zero oh and eight, and that's the thing. Uh, Duke, by the way, on a 33-12 run as they end the half in Pittsburgh. So it looks like Duke is well on their way to another victory, but still got a second half to play. All right, folks, so I'm going to get on out of here. We will have Super Bowl coverage. Going to be talking a lot of Minnesota sports. Again, make sure you're checking out xsquadaffiliates.com. Make sure you're following the sports governor there, Spreaker.com, the main platform for the show. And also, keep an eye on our um, social media pages as 
North Star Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow those. Uh, that great show with yours truly and a couple other great guys there on Facebook, Twitter as well. And big things coming from all sides, man. Some more great interviews we're working on and lining up. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So on behalf of Vince Wright, your sports governor, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to say what up to, oh, what up, by the way, my cousin Eric McLaren was listening down in Houston, Texas, and always thinking about um, his his brother, my, my cousin, Michael Vincent G. McLaren, rest in peace. And I know he's smiling down because his Patriots, <laughs> once again, um, I know he's up there with that 28-3 and three hat on that he, he loved wearing so much. But uh, rest in peace, Cousin Mike. We love you. We miss you. And um, always part of our hearts, my friend. So, all right. Let's get on out of here. Tuesday night edition. I'm heading on over to Tasty Talk Radio. That's right. Tasty Talk. Mandelion, girly girl. Another show you want to follow on Spreaker.com. And with that being said, we will be back next week with another edition of Sports Done Right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right. Right.